All right. Well, thank you uh, for joining us for the Shantae Golson Show. We're so excited about our guest today. I want to share a little bit about our guest as she is Miss Luna, and she's an be uh, international best-selling author, certified professional speaker, um, as well as multi-award winner, strategic a dynamo professional speaker, and just the list goes on and on. And she's here to help us to gain clarity, focus, and momentum with lightning speed. Now, I'm so interested in hearing about this lightning speed. But before, you know, she started her business and became a CEO, she uh, actually was an 18-year um, managing veteran and she managed projects and you know uh, in IT so with that being stated I'm sure she has a lot of stories a lot of wisdom a lot of knowledge to give us as CEOs and entrepreneurs that are already established just needing to learn additional skills so that we can prevent that burnout and we can overcome that burnout so welcome Luna thank you so much for being with me today how are you today Oh, well, Shantae, thank you for having me. And I am very great today. Wonderful. Well, it's wonderful to be great. That means we're going to really have some good meaty information today. Oh, most definitely. Here, ready to share many, many, many stories and wisdom with your audience. All right. Wonderful. So let's stay tuned. Let's go ahead and, and cut off the TV, cut off other distractions, and let's get ready to lock in because she's going to talk to us about action, what that process is all about. And so we're excited to learn more about what action is in specifics. So Luna, how did, um, how did you start your journey to do what you are doing today? Oh, then we need to go back quite a few years okay. uh, to when I was, I think, about 13 or 14 years old. And, and um, I was having a conversation. I was just getting into high school here in the Netherlands. And I was having a conversation in the living room with my parents talking about, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And in one moment, and I don't remember exactly, my father said to me, well, if you want to accomplish all of those things, you need to work hard. And, and at 13, 14 years old, I thought, okay, if that's what he says I need to do, he knows best. And he proceeded to say, and you need to work twice as hard because you're a minority in this country. And I took that on as the truth, like most of us young children do, because when our parents and teachers tell us, we, we assume that they know because they've had the experience. Right. And I adopted that as a mantra and a belief. I need to work hard, which is what I did for many, many years until one very specific moment the universe sent on my path to actually really shake that belief to its core and it wasn't a moment of my second job i was literally just i think about 18 months in i was working as an it auditor and um the deputy director of that business was a was a mentor of mine and she was so great because we have the same work ethic, the same passion, the same drive. So we spent nights finishing up reports and projects. And I really wanted to learn everything that I could from her until one day the director came in, the managing director came in the office and, and asked us all to come into the living room area space that we had in our office. And he said, she is sick. She won't be coming back uh, anytime soon. And I thought, what? There goes my mentor. 
And he proceeded to say she's been diagnosed with a burnout. Now, I didn't know what that was. Uh, but what I saw when I experienced was she was out of circulation for nine months. So that gave me two messages. One is, if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm going to end up where she's at right now. Mm. Because same drive, same ethics, same tenacity. That's where I'm going to end up. That was one. That was shocking enough. But what even was more shocking to me was... I can't imagine myself saying sitting still for nine months, which was what she was told to do to really sit still and not do anything. I'm like, I've got things to do. I want to accomplish things. I can't sit still for nine months. So those two things shook me to my core. And I thought there has to be another way that you can accomplish what you want to accomplish without the hard work. And that literally spurred me onto a journey of discovery to read about it, learn about it, try everything out that I can find out and adopt strategies to achieve everything that I wanted without the hard work. Because hard work to me meant from that moment on, burnout, burnout, burnout. Okay. So it's quite interesting that you took that as a lesson because a lot of people maybe would have allowed that to just slip over their head. So you evaluated your mentor and you decided, well, maybe she's not the as a mentor as I thought, because I don't want to end up down that road. I think that was very smart as a, a young person. I think somebody just would have just put that over their heads. So that is a strategy. Let's evaluate. Let's look at people around us that we admire and we're trying to work towards their position and et cetera, and, and kind of see how the culture of the company is treating them. I think that's very interesting. It is. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, we all need mentors. We all need role mm -hmm. models to aspire to something because we can't conceive what is possible and we're all not living up to our potential completely. Uh, unless you have an example of what it could look like. Yeah. But they can be good examples and they can be bad examples and they mm -hmm. can start out as a good example, but then something happens and you're thinking, but that's not where I want to end up. That's not where I'm going. So right. I was very lucky to have that message sent to me because mm -hmm. I truly believe that if that hadn't happened with the pace and the, and the, the, the hard work that I was giving it, I probably would have end up, end up with a burnout. Right. And, and if only if you've experienced burnout, do you really know what that thing is? When you're saying that she had to sit out for nine months, think of the understanding from my perspective, when I was burned out crispy on both sides, I had to take a three and a half year sabbatical because yep. I was just done. Yeah. So your story and, and what you're sharing with us why does it matter? Why, why does it matter to us? That's your story. So tell us, understanding and evaluating that, why does that matter to us? Yeah, well, one of the things that I still, I mean, we're talking about, this is, what, 24 years ago, 26 year, years ago that this happened. Uh -huh. uh, uh, let's say 20 years ago. This, okay. this story happened 20 years ago. And 
what I still see people doing, whether they're corporate professionals or entrepreneurs, is they're working really hard. There's still a, a sense of in society of you need to be hustling, you need to be grinding, you need to be working hard if you want to accomplish anything in your life. If you're not working hard, you won't get there, you won't be successful. And it reminds me each and every time of that moment 20 years ago, uh, and even more so of, of the moment that I was told at 14 that if I want to accomplish anything, I need to be working hard. And it doesn't have to be this way. I mean, if we go back 40 years ago, burnout did not exist. We didn't know of something called burnout. Right. It was created and it was created because we all adopt the belief that we need to be working hard. We need to be working against ourselves. We need to force ourselves to be someone that we're not. So for me, the reasons why I spurred on a discovery journey to do something else, I still see in society today. I still see people believing that to be able to accomplish anything, they need to be working hard. I still see people working against themselves because they think that they need to adopt something else or be someone else to, to fit in society. For me, those are reasons that I need to keep sharing my story and to share that although I spent many years discovering through trial and error the strategies to work smarter, Right. You don't have to. You don't have to spend 15 years to discover that that is the value. I can teach you way faster. So that's the reason why it matters to me. Yes, it's my story, but it's the story so you can understand that I was very lucky because I got the message through someone else. Mm -hmm. It could have been what I could have ended up in a burnout mm -hmm. and it could not be nine months, but maybe three years or even longer. I've heard of stories of people that have been, have had multiple burnouts, have stayed, uh, have had to leave what they're passionate about and, and stop doing what they're passionate about. Those are things that I don't want people to go through. I really don't. And they don't have to. Right. So then in your particular journey, uh, what has been the essential key elements on your journey that you've learned? Well, one of the things that was one of the most valuable things that I've learned is that whatever you do, whether you're a corporate professional or an entrepreneur, uh, is 80% of success, however you define success. So number one would be define your success, define what success means to you. And mm -hmm. um, I mean, just, I was just like anyone else. I used to think I needed to prove myself. I needed to live up to the definition of success in society. But one of the things that I flipped the switch on very early is how do I define success? What does success mean to me? So make sure you define it for yourself because mm -hmm. I can tell you one thing, if yeah. you choose to start following success defined by other people, believe me, they will just move the needle again and yeah, again yeah, and yeah. again. And it will be a perpetual cycle that you're working up against, but you might never reach that destination mm -hmm. um, on the process. That's number one. Number two is um, 80% of success is psychology. It's what we think, how we think. It's our brain that's in the driver's seat. Okay. Uh, I, most of the time. Yeah. So I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I had a question like, I think you're getting into it. Like, how do we know? And I would like you to address this as well. How do we know what our goal is? That sounds a little bit weird. I know. I know it sounds a little bit weird. How do we get to the place that our goals become not become anyone else's goal any longer? 
and becomes a clear point of goal for us. What I like, what I don't like. So, yeah. so at some point, let's get to that part. Yeah. Now, I so number one was your definition of success. Great question, by the way. Number two is being aware that eighty percent of that success is psychology so it's what you think how you think and i see a lot of people focusing their attention on strategy and tactics and doing mm. instead of how you think because you can be doing something but it won't work because your psychology is working against you number mm. three one of the things that i've done ever since i've started my career uh at first as a corporate professional now as an entrepreneur is i follow the energy I follow my energy because I can tell you one thing. If you want to discover what your goal is, then use the excitement thermometer. Does it excite you? Do you really think, oh my God, I'm, I'm like a kid in a candy store. I can't wait to dive into this. Or did someone tell you, go do, go become a coach or co go become a lawyer or a doctor? And you're thinking, yeah, that, yeah, they make a lot of money, those doctors, but do, does it really excite me? Do I really, can I imagine myself spending the next 30 years doing this on a day-to-day -day basis? Mm -hmm. If that fire doesn't light you up, it's probably not what you want to be going for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the excitement is the key, but not just in, in my opinion, not just focusing just on the experience of excitement. So yes, it has to be something that you can do all day long, whether you're getting paid or not. But there also has to be other areas that are linear to that as far as your skills, as far as because there's going to be moments and things that you super love that can get on your nerves. And oh, yeah. Following the trail of excitement, you you will be deceived. True, uh, and I would add to that is, does it? One of the things that I share with my clients is, or do you? Are you good at it? There's something each and every one of us has a set of talents. Some of the things that we're really good at. Yeah. And do you enjoy doing it? Now that's the magic combination. Mm -hmm. Now you could have something that you're good at but you do not enjoy doing. One of my clients came to me many years ago and said, I'm really good at organizing events, but I don't like organizing events anymore. I used to love it. I don't like it anymore. But because the rest of my colleagues and people around me know that I'm really good at it and they trust me doing it, they mm -hmm. keep asking me something, but I want to get rid of it. How do I do that? And I've had a couple of sessions with her to, to help her and be empowered to share with people, yes, I'm good at it, but I don't enjoy doing it anymore. How can we solve this problem? How can we solve this challenge? Um, so yeah, it is that magic combination. Uh, but you need to, for me, it's not only those two, you need to incorporate with, can you see yourself spending a lot of time yeah. on it? So even if you're getting paid or even if you're not getting paid, right. uh, and, and you need that, that type of combination to me has been magical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then what, what is, uh, let's go back to that question, uh, about the goal. How do I stop being cloudy or or deceived by the excitement of other people's uh passion or their their success and really get in tune with my my talents 
what is, what's my goal? How can I figure out this thing between what I'm seeing and what I have seen? Because somebody can be, you know, I work with 50 year olds, 60 year olds and down and some, you know, uh, no matter what the age is, I'm finding corporate executives, entrepreneurs, they're following somebody else's trail, like you kind of stated. They're following, no matter how old they are, but they don't know they're following the trail, but they just don't know, why does this thing keep causing me to be stressed? So how do we know? Yeah, well, or one I of the, yeah. One of the ways is what you need to realize when you're listening to this is if you keep doing, keep busy and never pause to actually ask yourself that question, mm. you won't know because you're not tapping into your, your feelings. You're not tapping into the physical experience uh, of your body. So uh, one of the blessings of the global pandemic, uh, at least that's how I call it, is that the world now has paused the pause button, has pushed that pause button for us. And many people that I speak to have said to me, it really got me thinking about what am I doing? And is it really something that makes me happy? Is it truly what I want to do? So I think that one of the things is you really have to think consciously, make the decision of, okay, let me pause right now instead of mm -hmm. being busy doing whatever I do on a day-to-day -day basis and ask yourself the question, am I really happy? Does it still excite me what I do on a day-to-day -day basis? Mm -hmm. Do I want to keep doing this and for however long? And you could come up with answers. Yes, I still love what I do um, and it still excites me. But if you find yourself more stressed, so a great indicator could be when you wake up in the morning and you hit the snooze button because you're thinking, oh, I don't want to go to work. I don't want to get out of bed. Then that's probably something that is not okay that needs change uh, it could be that every you're procrastinating on tasks so you do get out of bed eventually and you've got your to-do list but you you easily get distracted oh no i've got to do the laundry oh no i have to do this that's another indicator that something is wrong that something is not right for you so there are a couple of things um that you can see in what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. Another category of indicators come through for you physically. You have more headaches than you used to have. Yeah. You feel tired more than you used to have. You have a problem sleeping, getting into sleep at night. You stay awake. Your brain stays busy. Um, so some of those things can be indicators of you're not doing something that is in alignment with you. So that, those types of things can get you to 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 are actually signals telling you stop stop you need to you need to self-aware you need to self-reflect what you're doing right now mm -hmm. so what are some suggestive benefits or tips for individuals who are in this stage and need to reevaluate? yeah well, one of the things that I've discovered, I've done a, um, a passion series. I've interviewed um, multiple entrepreneurs a couple of years ago, and I asked them, I said, what, what's your passion and what you're passionate about? And how did you discover this passion? And the majority says, I, I didn't realize it was my passion. I just stumbled on it. But mm -hmm. for the majority, it was something that they already did when they were a little child, when they were four, five, six or seven years old. So if you're finding yourself 
in a stressed mood, you don't know where you want to go, you don't know what you want to do next, mm -hmm. think back to your childhood. What was something that you did so easily that you enjoyed, had, had fun doing? Mm -hmm. And can you do that again now? Can you tap into that, whatever it is for you? For me, I, as a little child, I've always had that. I loved reading books. I loved learning. I loved teaching. It's something that I did when I was little girl and my parents cultivated that by buying me a chalkboard and saying, okay, go teach your brothers and sister and, and sister. And, and I used to write, read a book and then teach what I read in the book. And I loved it. <laughs> and I got sidetracked in the corporate world. But if you're asking me what I do today, I still read books. That's what I do. I have a love for learning and I teach what I read. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. I think that's interesting too, because, uh, not probably mm, about six months ago, I think. I no, let me take it back. That was further back from that. I literally called my mother and I spoke to my sister in asking them what did I used to do when I was little. Little. So that that's interesting that you said that because I actually asked them. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember loving to color. Um, but I couldn't remember anything else. That's why I had to call them. I couldn't remember. And, yeah. I didn't, and I didn't go through a traumatic childhood, so we can't put that on the table. I just did not remember. But to just today, I'm a creative. You know, I design, I have a, a jewelry business that I design. I, you know, um, you know, I coach, I teach, I, you know, counsel. The list goes on and on. So I think that's just an interesting point of view to evaluate. So one of the things that I'm really hearing from you today is more so about evaluate along the way. But I also want to add this to it. We've got to realize that as we get older, as we mature, seasons change for us. The things that we loved before sometimes doesn't fit the new season. And that's why I try to help people to understand it's okay to pivot. It's okay to want to do something else. Something else is calling you. It's okay to investigate it because what's calling you could be added to the skills you have that will skyrocket you further than you ever thought. People are so afraid to change. People are so afraid to stop doing the job that they've been doing for 25 years. I understand it in one capacity as far as quote unquote security. But when you're not happy and there's another season and you're miserable in this season because this season is trying to pull you somewhere else, you stop it because of fear. Let's talk a little bit about that. What do you think about that? And what do you hear your clients uh, say in regards to that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the things that um, is important to mention is when I started my career, I made one sacred agreement with myself. And that is that I was always going to have fun no matter what and mm -hmm. i promised myself and that's the reason i call it a sacred agreement is if i'm not having fun i will leave my job no matter the circumstances no matter whether i have another job whether i've got anything i will leave that's the non-negotiable for me and in about the 20 years that i have that i've now in my career both uh, being a corporate professional as well as entrepreneurship i've left the corporate career period i left three times mm. three times and people when i tell them they're like but how did you do that i mean 
uh, I would assume that when you're wanting to have fun that you would leave multiple times because most large organizations are not that fun. They're very bureaucratic, hierarchical. How do you do that in that environment? I said, well, if I can do it in almost 20 years, then you can do it too. And I started our conversation with um, 80% of your success is psychology. It's how you think and what you think and how you show up in the world. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I've studied this because I was curious to why, why is there a difference between me and someone else? Because I wasn't born this way. And uh, I've studied the science of happiness, specifically in happiness at work. And for a lot of people, what they have been conditioned to believe and still believe is that security trumps um, happiness at work. It's, it's weird to, see, to say things like, I want to have fun at work. I want to be happy at work. No, work is so that you can make money to pay your bills. That's the mm-hmm. positioning of work for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. There are a few of us that say work, and that's how I started. I, that's how I started. I was conditioned to believe you need to work so that you can pay your bills. But very quickly for me, work positioning was it's a means to personally develop myself. It's personal development to me. That's how I approached work. So my colleagues for whom work is a a means to get money so that you can pay the bills just didn't get me because they couldn't understand me, which is true because I approach it from a different perspective. And if Mm -hmm. I'm not explicit about that perspective, we can be talking the same language, but still not understand each other. And there's a third way you can position work. And that is work is your calling. It's a way that you can contribute to something that's bigger to you, that's bigger than yourself. That's where I'm at today. Me, I work is is absolutely a way to pay my bills, and I do. It's a way to personally develop myself. I still do, but the the primary focus for me is I feel compelled to contribute something that's bigger than me. That is a legacy type of thing that will keep going even if my if I'm not on this planet Earth. So I think that to to understand how people think and what position, how you position work inside your life mm-hmm. is very important. So if you want to make changes to that, so if you're right now in a job or a, even a business that you do not enjoy anymore, think about what have I labeled that business or that career path right now for me? Is it a means to make money? Then accept that. If it's because you want to pay your mortgage, you have a family to take care of, then accept that. Then it's only going to be that. It's only going to give you that. If you feel that you want work to give you something more, mm-hmm. then you need to make changes. And it could be within your job. I mean, you can, I mean, like I said, I've spent 11 years in working for the Dutch government, which are big organizations, very bureaucratic and hierarchical, and I had fun. So you can craft the environment and craft the way that you look at your work, even if you realize the positioning of my work here or my job here is so that I can pay the bills. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. One of the interesting things that you are stating that, number one, I'm going to pull out this evaluation point. That was, that was the biggest key here. And then number two, decide what you want 
your job to be not as much as the title which you should but what do you want the culture and the thought process and the psychology of your work to be for you and I, and i can see how if your goal is not the same goal as mostly everybody else and i can see how you have the courage to leave when it didn't meet that particular goal yeah 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 because it makes making decisions easier. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I made that decision for me that was like, I'm not having fun anymore. It's not giving me what I need and what I want and how, mm -hmm. and, the, and, and it's not contributing to achieving the goals that I've set for me. That means that if I'm serious about the goals that I've set and I'm committed to achieving them, then I need to make some changes. Okay. And yeah. that could mean leave. Yeah, okay. And so let's kind of piggyback on the word fun because I imagine some the audience saying, I am older than you. What are you talking about uh, having fun? Yeah, it's nice to laugh once in a while with colleagues at the water fountain, but how, what, what are you talking about fun? So let's kind of specify fun. It, I don't think you're saying that you want to walk into work and every hour be able to turn a flip throughout the hallways. I don't think that's what you're meaning, right? Or having no. a free show. So let's kind of talk about that just a little bit more when you say define fun. Yeah, well, for me, and I totally get it if you're thinking now that is the flip-flops and the, 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 the fun things and etc., which is fine. Fun at work for me means how I work. Okay. So not I do the work and then I go do something funny to balance the work and the fun parts. No, it's not on a scale for me. It's the work part and how I do the work is I enjoy it. Hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that 100% of every task that I did at work was fun. I mean, and I still don't because one of the things that I absolutely do not enjoy doing is admin. So yeah. registering my hours, even registering now as an entrepreneur, the invoices and sending them to my accountant is not something that I enjoy doing and I probably never will. But still, I had to do this. It was part right. of my job. I had to do it. I had to do it when I was in a corporate and I have to do it now as an entrepreneur. But it's, it's part of the job. But how I, what my attitude is towards that task or how I do that task makes a huge difference so for example every time i i have to sit down and grab all of the documents for my uh, administration to send to my accountant i make sure something that i enjoy for example music i love to listen to upbeat music so as i am roaming everything around i listen to music or dance or do something that makes me smile mm -hmm. and makes me forget that what i'm actually doing is something that i do not enjoy because i'm combining it with something that i enjoy okay. and the same in the workplace even if you have to write a report you can choose how to do that yeah. or if you have to do an interview you can choose how to do that and i literally mm -hmm. said i want to approach it from a fun and playfulness attitude rather than a dreadful attitude because exactly it's attitude that really count when we're talking about psychology it is a thought process of something that you perceive that causes your viewpoint to either activate negatively or positively and so as you may be aware i'm a medical provider so with that being stated we talk about mindset shifting and you're right there may be some tasks that suck <laughs> at work but the way that you look at them 
makes the difference. It makes the difference. So yeah, I got to do this report. Oh, see, that shifts your mind and the thoughts that are uh, relevant to that, everything that you feed your mind, it spills back up. So then when you are seeing this report or having to do this report, your mind is reminding you what you have fed it. Uh, you know, things that particular sort. Now try to put it in a funny way, but that's, you know, I don't want to go through naming the brain and all of that. But to your point, it is your thoughts are relevant to the outcome of your particular day. Yeah. And, yeah. and your energy. Yeah, and most definitely into, I mean, be, be aware, it impacts your productivity and performance. Yeah. It impacts it. So if, you're, if you've ever had one of those days, and I am so convinced that each one of us has had one or more of these days, you wake up in the morning, you go through breakfast really quickly, and you spend the rest of the day being busy. And at yeah. the end of the day, you, you hop back into bed, you're feeling tired, you know you've been busy, but then the question pops up, what have I actually done today? What have I actually progressed on? What have I actually achieved today? I know I've been busy. I've been doing all sorts of things all day long, but I can't name the one thing or the, or the couple of things that I've progressed on or have achieved it today. Mm -hmm. That leaves you with a sense of, okay, that's a waste of day. Mm-hmm. That's just a waste of day. Now, I don't want you to have many of those days. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to be intentional about what you want to achieve. I want you to, to think about your time as being a limited resource. You can never get back time, but how you spend that time impacts mm -hmm. the quality of what you do and impacts the quality of your life. Mm -hmm. So if you want to have a better life or a great life, you need to be mindful about how you go through life each and every day. Right. And so, you know, understanding the concept of efficiency and being proud of and honorable of what you do is, is relevant to not only getting tasks done, but being proud and seeing how your day connects with the overall goal, the vision, or either the company, your company, your management team, the outcomes, that's all relevant because if not, it is just busy work. And I think that's important for everybody to know. And then you have no energy, no time for any other aspect of your life, relationships, right? Well, I don't have time. No, no. You know what I mean? So, and that causes a problem when you do not make time, when you do not understand what you are doing with your time efficiency at work, your task, all of that becomes one ball. And that's when the stress just starts. And when we don't recognize the stress, then we, uh, we conduct ourselves in ways that become strange and odd for us because we're not recognizing. And that's when we become irritable at work. That's when we don't want to show up for work. That's when we want to leave early for work. That, I mean, just the list goes on and on at the starting point of burnout. So I have, you know, I teach about the five uh, red flags of burnout, just helping people to understand, is this me being lazy or am I burnt out? So, Mona, I appreciate you being here today. Well, thank you for having me. So, you have a book. Tell us all about your book and tell us uh, where we can get it. 
Well, my latest book is, is, is here, uh, the front cover and the back cover, and it's called The Law of Brand Attraction. Now, I've, I'm one of the 24 authors in this book, and I've written a chapter on how to take effective action. Even more so, how to take inspired action, because I want you to spend your days taking inspired action, action that is fun, relaxed, and excites you, uh, and moves you towards achieving your goals. Wonderful. Yeah, and it's great. And the book, both the Kindle version as well as the paperback version, are available on Amazon. And if you want to um, purchase the book with some bonuses and become part of the community, then uh, audio book through www.lawofbrandattraction.com. Okay. And where can people follow you on social media? Well, the best way to do that is either follow my business page on Facebook, which has my name, Lupna Zaru, or you can find me on LinkedIn for the more corporate professionals and entrepreneurs who are on LinkedIn. And it has my own name, so it's easy to find. Those are the best ways to follow me on social media. Okay. Well, you heard it here, guys. Go ahead and grab Luna's book. Go ahead and, and connect with her on social media and learn some good tips about learning actionable strategies to help you to be able to move forward in your life. Again, thank you, Luna, so much for the opportunity to interview today. I hope that you have a great day and therefore be productive. <laughs> Mm-hmm.